Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me is Akiva Lineker. Akiva, how are you today? No more 32 days. This is like 300 days at this point. Yeah, we had to uh, re-record the opening because I accidentally said, welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 days, and it's no longer our full name. We're just 32 Fans, baby. And today we are talking about the Oscars. Is that correct, Akiva, according to your schedule? Yeah. You're sort of running, you're, you're running the topics here. Yeah, you do everything else, but I tell you what you're allowed to talk about. Yeah. All right. So uh, two weeks ago, when you said that you wanted to do this podcast, I had admitted to you that I basically hadn't seen any movies this year at all. And I've like powered through in the last two weeks. I've seen like over a dozen movies in the last 10 hours. I've seen two movies and one of them, The Hateful Eight, was like a real slog. So that was a long, long movie, uh, like over three and a half hours because I saw like the, um, the the special widescreen release, not the general release. Oh, you're boring me already. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? The special the I don't know. Longer, I, I, if you go, see the widescreen release, go read. Go read on Wikipedia the version. So, so Quentin Tarantino would only outfitted. He would only allow it to be shown at certain theaters that had the right like seventy millimeter cameras that he wanted. And so it was only in certain cities like New York, L.A., Chicago, at certain theaters. So the version that was released in other theaters was about twenty minutes shorter, and that was the general release. So the one that I saw was the longer release. So it was an extra twenty minutes, much like your explanation just now for the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whew. It's funny because people people often make fun of me for probably reasons similar to the reasons that people make fun of you when I send my various charts. They're like, how do you have time for all of this stuff that you do? Such as when I rate all my TV shows for the year and there's like 40 TV shows that I watch every year and people are like, right. how and is there And time it's for easy. That? You just ignore your family and your job. Yeah, correct and correct. And also, but the one thing I say is, well, I don't see any movies. Uh, so I see much TV shows, but I don't see movies uh, unless Akiva forces me to for the purpose of a podcast. And I think the reason is because, and I discovered this watching all these movies, and I watched all like the Oscar bait movies, so I saw good movies the last couple of weeks, but the best movie is worse than any decent TV show. And I just think it's because how do you tell the story in one and a half or two or even three hours? How do you develop characters, you know, the, the way that you can over 10 or 20 or 30 or more hours on TV? And the answer is you can't. So like, and we'll get to the sort of the details when we talk about some of these movies, but basically all the characters in all of these movies are like, Black or white. They're either purely good or purely bad. There's very little nuance. There's not time, you know, sort of the flawed anti-heroes anti-hero. you're saying. Exactly. Sort of the the stereotypical character behind, you know, sort of all the top TV shows, Sopranos and Mad Men, et cetera, et cetera. There's no time for that. So it's just, you know, all right, here's the good guy in the movie. Here's the bad guy. You know, maybe we'll throw one twist in there. But it's um, that's sort of my one big issue. And also, and let me ask you this, Akiva, because you, you're a much more of a, a movie buff than I am. What's your take on 2015 and movies in general? Was it a, a good year, a bad year, average? It was an above average year for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. It was definitely for an sure. above average year. It wasn't, um, there isn't one all time movie, but there's probably more A minus movies than in a long time. Uh, okay. So interesting you say that. I was the bench might not be as deep. Actually, there are years where they're probably more like very, like uh, pretty good movies, but in terms of very good and above. Uh, this is a pretty. Str- it's not the best year, but I'd have that would have to be a whole other podcast where, where I would rank. But I mean, there, because I was looking at, I make top ten lists every year. If anybody yep. wants them, tweet at me. I'll I'll send them to you. But like top ten movies of the year, I think every year you have it. Like since nineteen ninety three or something ninety four. And yep. I did notice there was one year where my number one, and it's a bad anecdote because I don't remember it off the top of my head, would not have made my top ten in other years. So it was like the worst movie year ever. I think it was like twenty eleven or twenty twelve or something. Anyway. 
and like Wolf of Wall Street was number one for me a couple years ago, and like that most years wouldn't be like eight or nine even. So my guess would be that 2011 was the year because I was looking through the nominees for Best Picture for the last 10, 15 years. And my argument was that this year is the worst year, at least in the last 10 years, other than 2011. Because there were no great movies this year, as you said. And even like the, the you know, like I couldn't even come up with a top 10 for this year. I came up with a top five. And even with those five, I have issues with all of them. So I would argue this is a weak year, but go ahead. Oh yeah, it was 2011. My 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 yeah. top ten. Oh, so 20... good. So we so we agree that was a weak year. Yeah, I, I, the the my number one movie that year was an Iranian movie, A Separation, which was really good. Yep, I didn't see it, but I heard it was good. And after that, there was a, a lot of indie. I see a lot of indie movies here, and a lot of foreign movies, like a uh, footnote, which was an Israeli movie that's actually really good. Yeah, that was really good. I saw it. Um, trust uh, that wouldn't be on like that. David Schwimmer directed that just to give you an idea, but it was actually interesting. Margin Call, which is a little bit like uh, I think it's basically the fall of what's the first bank that fell? Bear Stearns, Bear, no, yeah, Bear Stearns. It was like a, a fake version of that. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, that was a really weak year. Young Adult is in my top 10. Yeah, that could be the worst year ever. Yeah, Young Adult was okay. Yeah, because like the next year, there's movies like Django and Chain, there's nine and the impossible, yeah, which I really liked, is ten, and uh, so yeah. There's uh, I would have Django higher that year, but yeah. Anyway, and then the movie that I just saw in the last couple of hours was The Hateful Eight, actually. So I really have Tarantino on the mind. Okay, all right, fine. So I think what we'll do is, do you have a top ten? Because I have a top ten. Well, I have a, I have a top five. I'll give you my top ten. You'll do the top five. Sure. Um, and and then after that, do you want? Can we predict the Oscars? Not, neither of us know anything, but can we make that the bet this week. Uh, sure, I'm gonna have to look up the odds, and I'm just, I'm just gonna no, don't uh, look up the odds. That's cheating. We're both guessing just on guess. Oh wait, we're not allowed, we're not allowed to look up the odds at all. No, because otherwise we just pick whatever the favorite is for every movie. That would but be like, tough. but like, but for a couple of the, but for a couple of the categories, there's like one to fifty. Like everybody says for sure, so and so is winning. Yeah, but I uh, but I haven't looked. So if you don't look, then we're well, both I haven't not seen cheating. the I haven't seen the odds, but I've heard like in a couple categories that there's like an okay. So obviously, winner. like Leonardo DiCaprio is probably going to win Best Actor. That yeah, you know, if you whatever you information you have till now, you're you're going with. Okay, fine, whatever. All right, Akiva. So why don't we start with you giving me uh, your top ten movies of the year. Um, okay, well, I'll do once we go down to five, I guess we could trade off. But in the, but in the meantime, I will go first. And it's this isn't my official list for the two people, the one person, me, who cares about my official list, because there's the movies I have not yet seen. Uh, Steve Jobs, Creed, The Age of Adeline. I figure that's like a good movie to watch with my wife. I don't know if that'll be good or not. Uh, Call Me Lucky, which is a documentary, I think, by Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, Bridge of Spies, the only one of the eight Oscar uh, Best Film nominees I haven't seen. Anomalisa, which is a Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh, and I'm in the middle of one other movie. But I, I think for the most part, I've I've seen all the relevant movies. So we well, you haven't seen half of my top five. So Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but I, I um, these, you know, probably at least one of those movies will crack the top 10 when I get in there, but uh, not yet. So anyway, number 10 is a really weird documentary. Uh, called the Wolf Pack. It could be like number two, if uh, if I thought it was true. But I, I have this feeling that if the movie was a little bit bigger, there would have been a lot of reporting on how bogus it may have been. But it was such like a small documentary. It's about a, you haven't heard of it, right? It, it's nope. about a, a family on the Lower East Side where they're like re, the the family's really eccentric, and the father didn't let the kids leave the house, and like they don't leave the house until you know, for years on end, like even to go to the doctor, they never leave their house. Uh, and only the father leaves to like get them food. And they basically it's kind of it's kind of like room, except less rape. I mean, they don't show the rape for sure. But it's it's yeah. um it's a, it's a documentary. And um the, their thing is they act out movies, like full movies, they make movies like pretending to be that whole movie because they're so bored. Um, but it just seems to me like uh, what's the explanation for why they're not allowed to leave the house? Uh, the father's just crazy, and like by the end of the movie, they start going out more. Uh, but they like w- they had already started going out by the time I guess they met the director because she saw them on the street and says she was intrigued. But to be honest, I, I don't totally believe it. But it's still an interesting and worthwhile movie. So that's my number ten. Uh, All right. Number nine is Sicario, 
uh, number, which is pretty good. The ending is the beginning is is the. But best what part. about what about what about the end though? The last two minutes is unbelievable. Well, I don't know. All right, so to be honest, that's the movie I'm in the middle, of, but I really like it. <laughs> I didn't finish it in time for this no, podcast, I, but I haven't I haven't seen it. Okay. My comment was just to out you as not having finished. Yeah, it. that was the one I haven't seen, but but I it, it could fall off. But as of the second, I really like it. Uh, number eight is the end of the tour. Uh, the Jason Siegel movie about David Foster Wallace. I really like David Foster Wallace. My like primary English professor in college was obsessed with him. So we had to read, you know, infinite jest and like everything he ever wrote. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm a very pretty big David Foster Wells fan. Um, uh, not as big as you, are you familiar with infinite jest? You ever read it? No, the only I've read his I read his essay on the cruise. Yeah, Roger Federer is a famous which one, which is which is really funny. I, and you know, obviously, I know this is water, um, but I've never read any of his novels. Yeah, the Infinite Jest is like uh, one of the more sort of acclaimed books of the last thirty years. But it's yeah. like well, over no, a thousand pages. Well, I'm yeah. just telling the 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 listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, um, Ken Tremendous, Michael Shore, who created who created Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine Nine, and was Moe's on The Office. Uh, and is a, a huge baseball fan. He he's such a big David Foster Wallace fan that he actually owns the film rights to Infinite Jest, even though it's pretty much impossible to make. John Krasinski, uh, Jim from The Office, uh, made a, a movie about like some other incomprehensible David Foster Wallace book that I'm playing on. Which one it was? Or Story the Second? And it was uh, I was uh, brief interviews with Hideous Men, and uh, the movie was garbage. He's actually in a lot of bad movies. John Krasinski. Fun fact. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, so that's number. That was pretty good. Number seven, Southpaw, which was a movie I knew nothing about other than it was boxing related coming in. So I didn't realize that the main thing in the whole movie, which happens very early, uh, was spoiled for most people, but not for me. Uh, it's, it, if you haven't seen it, that's worthwhile. Uh, which which is what the Jake Gyllenhaal is left handed. Yeah, is it's the that he's a left. You think he's a righty, and then he boom, he gets you with his left hand. Yeah. And number six, a movie I know you you just saw, <laughs> Hateful Eight. Uh, which isn't my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, but it's definitely an eminently watchable uh, film. Yeah, it's very slow moving, but that is you know a lot of Tarantino movies. Sure, but there's some very it, compelling scenes, some really interesting stuff. Yeah, I would. The only recommendation I would make is don't watch that at three in the morning because you, if you're very tired, it's tough to watch. And that was the scenario sure. under which I watched it. Sure. Um, and okay, so what's your number five? And then I'll do my number five. Well, I don't really have mine in order. I just have a. Uh, top five. Oh, look uh, i'm like I'm, I'm like all those new, i'm like all those newspaper guys who say hey, these are the top two movies of the order the, i think only the, the new york no, times does that to be honest no no i a lot do and the way i know is because every time i watch a movie i read the wikipedia page from start to finish and so included on that is all the lists on which it's a top 10 movie of the year and they all say number one number one number one number two number two number two and then at the end of the list it's you know um, top 10 alphabetical and there, so there's, there's quite a few that do it not just the new york times mm-hmm and, but but I'm one of them just because uh, I couldn't come up with an order for my top five. But uh, but, Brit- so but uh, hateful eight is hateful eight is one of my top five. Okay. Um, all right. So my my number five will be Spotlight. A uh, very good movie to me. It, the reason why it's not number one on my list, where it is on a lot of people, is you don't get to know the characters nearly uh, as well as you should. Which goes back to what you're saying that uh, uh, TV is better than movies. Uh, your yeah. your philosophy because. If this was like a 10-part show, you'd know the characters really well. It, they could have been the exact same. Like, this could have been the best HBO ever if it was like a 10-part, like, one-year show. Yeah. Oh, and it could be even more than that. But my biggest issue with this movie was I thought Mark Ruffalo was by far the worst member of the cast, by far. Mm-hmm. And yet he's the one uh, – I think Rachel McAdams was as well. But he's nominated for an Oscar, which to me is crazy. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little biased against Mark Ruffalo anyways because I don't really like him. I find him to be sort of one of these annoying, over-earnest Hollywood actors who annoy me. Yeah. No, I don't like him either. But in the movie, first of all, he he has this weird squinting thing he does. Mm-hmm. He he has he couldn't even bother to pretend to have a Boston accent, although they do make light of that at one point. They say, wait, you're from Southie? Why don't you have an accent? And then he, and then he just shrugs and says, I don't know. Um, but he's like – but everything that annoys me about him in real life annoys me about him in the movie. He's like over-earnest. Mm-hmm. He's like – you know, to me, by far, like the cast was very strong overall. I thought, right? Yeah, very strong. I mean, so why was Ruffalo the one who was nominated? Uh, he's the most famous. I don't know. Well, no, he's not the most. Like famous. he's the most I mean, sort Michael of. Ke- yeah, but Keaton is insane. I, I thought, 
I thought Michael Keaton should have been nominated if anybody. Um, I'm not I'm you know, look, to be nominated as an actor, the, it has to be that you add value that I couldn't see someone else sure. taking the role yeah, easily. Yeah. That you really did something transformative. Sure. You know, like any movie that Daniel Day Lewis is in, it, it, it's unique because it's Daniel Day Lewis, right. right? And there was nothing, you know, I thought I thought Leah Schreiber was really good in the movie. When we, when he first comes on the scene for the first time, I'm like, boy, that looks just like Leah Schreiber, but it's not him, right? Sure. Um, which I guess is a credit to him. Uh, you know the the whole cast. Everybody was really strong. Yeah, no, um, I agree with I agree Ruffalo. like with Schreiber. Like Leonardo DiCaprio could have done that role easily. All the greats, like DiCaprio, Hanks, yeah, uh, Dinklage. Well, I don't think you need to be Biggs, a great actor. Anyone yeah, could have done it. <laughs> yeah, um, The Rock. You said The Rock is the biggest movie star in the yeah, world. Yeah, well, yeah, but where's The Rock's Oscar? Could, could, <laughs> yeah, could he have been the? Uh, yeah, he could. Win. The Rock's uh, going to be the first guy who's Ma- going to win Marty, an e- Marty Baron. He could win an EGOTS, which is the uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, and the Slammy Award for WWE. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, what's next on your list? Um. By the way, you know, like, have you seen Hamilton yet? Yeah. Oh, you have. I, so I actually. Yeah. So I'm. I'm going to be like. So oh, is, um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Is this going to be a scorching hot take? No, it's no, it's a it's a freezing cold oh, take. Okay. It's the Hamilton's the best thing ever, okay. and everybody should see it. But no, this is just sort of I'm lucky. I, I happened to read about Hamilton like a year and a half ago, so I bought tickets to the previews way before like anybody Ooh. knew about it. And I bought a ticket for me and my wife, obviously, because that's who I'm going to go to a Broadway show mm-hmm. with. And she she was really annoyed with me when I bought it because she's like, "Why would I have any interest in some stupid show? This looks like a really stupid uh, show for nerds like you sure. who like Alexander Hamilton." Right. And I bought it in the middle of a week when she had no work and when she had planning, she had planned to want to go to Florida. And I ruined that because I have these tickets, which I bought for like 45 bucks. Yeah, couldn't you have, um, couldn't you have just brought someone else? Well, but I said to her, I'm like, trust me, Jen, you know, I know, yeah, but Lin-Manuel, she's not going like, to go to Florida to her family for a week because, well, fast forward to, she was literally crying during the show and she memorized the entire show by listening to it nonstop on Spotify for the following like month after. Okay. And it's the best show she's ever seen. And she's obsessed with it uh-huh. and she wants to go again and again, except now tickets are like over $500 a pop. Yeah. If you're even, if you can even find yeah, them. I searched so, the other day, just out of curiosity. And there was one, like there were tickets available. They were like $600 and it was in November. Yeah. So, I mean, I would go again. It's just that, you know, yeah. It's oh, so here's my, right here's now. my question. If you're Hamilton, at some point this year or next year, wouldn't it be worth it to just film like a very basic movie with all these actors now and everyone's still there and just literally print money around the country? Yeah, well, so but here's the thing with Hamilton, and it's it's sort of, you know, it's sort of the thing with like the monoculture in general. When we say that, you know, Lin Lin Manuel Miranda is insanely popular and Hamilton isn't insanely popular, but within a small subset, it's insanely popular the way that like you know, like like Mad Men or Breaking Bad. Sure. There's still no, they'll people in the country no, they print money. It's just that it would with, print money internationally. I think, I think so, also. I, I, people at this point, it's just so big. I hear what you're saying, but I, I think yeah, but Hamilton so big, but, transcended that. But to be so big by a for a Broadway show is very different than being so big for like a mass movie. I agree, yeah. but I think it was going to lead the Grammy Awards before Taylor Swift probably said, "I'm not doing it unless you let me lead the Grammy Awards." So they got bumped. But I think. Um, I, I, I think it would, it, it, there's no downside, you know, it's, it would be cheap to yeah. produce other than paying the actors. And, uh, um, I know that you listen to comedy bang bang. So did you like the episode? Uh, just was it, I think it was last week or maybe the week before with Ben Schwartz where, uh, li- they played Lynn Manuel's, uh, freestyle rap that he left on Ben Schwartz's voicemail, yeah. like five minutes. after. Yeah. It's night. funny. Uh, yeah. Scott Orkerman, I, I think he told the story during that episode is like, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, who wrote Hamilton, is a huge fan of Comedy Bang Bang, and especially the episodes yeah. where it's just Scott Aukerman and, and Ben Schwartz, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and like Scott Aukerman wanted to go. They were both in New York for work, and Ben Schwartz was going to Hamilton. He said, you should come. And Aukerman isn't like Justin Bieber, who's just going like, to call up and get two tickets from, you know, the, from the show, which is uh, literally impossible. Like, like Lynn Manuel Miranda at this point probably – has like four tickets a night to give away. Like there's not, you know, there's every single showing there's like massive celebrities in the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, anybody who can get a ticket to that is going. So, um, and probably like the people really like go 10 times cause they, you know, they have the juice to just get in whatever they want. So, yeah. um, I, what's it called? So he like literally that day that he wanted to go and Manuel Miranda tweeted something about like, are you doing another episode with Ben Schwartz? And he's like, uh, yeah, I was like, I never do this, but can I have two tickets to Hamilton, please? And he got him because he was like a fan of Scott Orgerman. But, uh, 
they're hard to get. Anyway, my point is no, they the, should make they should make it into a movie. What were you going to say? Oh uh, no, but the fu- but the funny part of that story is that is that Ben Schwartz and Scott Ackerman both got tickets independently of each other. Yeah, it's not so. That's and not so Ackerman funny. Shows up. No, because Ackerman said like Ackerman showed up at the theater and Ben Schwartz was sitting next to him and he's like, "What? Like I didn't." Know oh, they sat next to here. each other. That's what they said. No, the that's not such a good story. I mean, anyway. Yeah. Well, you, know, you never know the podcast what's true and what's okay. not. Okay, except this one. Everything is true. All right, uh, keep going. Number four. Yeah? Oh, you're supposed to go first. Well, I've said two of mine. I said Spotlight is on my list and Hateful Eight is on my list. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, number four, I have Room. I read the book, and I didn't even realize they were turning into a movie. I really like the book. I believe the movie goes further in the timeline. I haven't read the book in a while, but further in the timeline than the movie. It's really well done. Speaking of uh, actors being nominated, did you see Room? No. Oh, right. You refuse to see room. On my the, list. The kid, no, I, I actually added it to my list. The kid is incredible, and it's shown from his point of view. So he's in uh, 100% of the scenes in the movie. Even, so he um, should have been nominated? Even uh, uh, Brie Larson, or whatever her name is. Um, she was uh, nominated also. Yeah, she so was She, she was nominated for – but she, listen, this is how weird like uh, the Hollywood stuff is. She was nominated for Best Actress. Uh, even though she's not in, she's in enough of the movie to be nominated for Best Actress, but she's not in every scene. He was nominated for a Golden Globe. He didn't get nominated for an Oscar, but he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, even though he's literally in every scene of the movie. Like it's it's his vantage point, so it's impo- it's impossible. There's to articles be. about there's articles about this every year. I know, though, but there's I don't like, know if there's ever been someone who's been in every scene of a movie. Like it's told from his point of view, so it's there can't be a scene in the movie without him. Yeah, but there is every single year there is a supporting actor. Yeah, but it's usually like this nominated. guy was thirty one minutes and this guy's twenty seven. Like this guy's in the movie for an yeah. hour forty. Yeah, you can't, at a certain point you can't be supporting actor anyway. But it's like, get nominated, it's like he's which a kid. Insane. I think the logic is, hey, he's a kid. He's not the main actor. He's being, you know, he's a kid. You know, I think that's their attitude. Yeah, but he he happened to have been unbelievable. I was trying to like I'm watching a movie right. trying to imagine like my kid follow instructions and how much bribing they would have to do. for <laughs> Yeah, this, this, it's not a twin. Don't they usually use twins for that reason? Yeah, well, it was Mary Kate and Olshie's, Ashley's kids. That's what it was, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, so you you spoiled your uh, your number three before you said uh, Bridge of Spies. Spies, which is the only movie I haven't seen. Should I see that? Should I see Bridge of Spies? It yeah, is next so on my, my list after I finish Sicario. This, this is my question about Bridge of Spies. This is a movie. Don't spoil uh, it because I, I starring seen it. starring Tom Hanks. Yeah, directed by Steven Spielberg. Sure, written by Joel and Ethan Cohn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Huge dramatic scene at the end where everybody dies. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. I but barely know what it's about it's... other than a bridge and spies, but yeah. Yeah. But but that's what – But well, I knew nothing before I started watching except for so, that also. But my question is, with all of those things, how did this movie go so under the radar? I had never heard of it basically until I looked at the list of movies that were nominated and I was like, oh, I got to see this. Um, I don't understand how it went so under the radar. I think like the nerds are in charge now and the nerds aren't like the biggest Spielberg guys and maybe the movie was like not – that good and that and that the fact that it was connected to Spielberg, Hanks, and, and the Cones, like I mean, prop it up Spielberg from being a B to an A minus. I don't like, know. At I mean, this point, Spiel- if he directs any movie, like Munich isn't a great movie, but that gets a Best Picture nomination because it's Spielberg. Like at this point, just about any serious movie he does is is gets not gets nominated for Best Picture. Munich would be in my top three for this year, though. Munich is a movie with flaws, but it was better than almost any movie I saw this year. Okay, uh, and that's that says a lot about how I think this is a weak year. So this is the thing about Bridge of Spies. I won't ruin it. Obviously, you haven't seen it yet. It's a really, really good, really strong period piece. Um, it's you know, it, 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 but again, you know, it, it has. The characters aren't – well, it's more nuanced than a lot of the movies this year. See, I'm trying really hard not to spoil it since you haven't seen it. Um, but when you're watching it, you feel like you could mix it up for a bunch of other different movies. You know what I mean? Yes. It, you, I like if you saw a scene from it 20 years from now, it, you spliced in with scenes from other movies, you wouldn't be able to even tell that they were different movies. So it's not particularly unique, but it's a very well-made, well-done. You know, again, it has it has superstars across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a deep cast. So it's in my top five in, in a week year. Um, but it's not – I don't think it's a particularly memorable movie. Uh, OK. My number three is The Martian. Uh, it, it's definitely a flawed movie in the sense that there's some absurd scenes, especially at the end. It's completely unrealistic. But it's really – it's funnier than any of the other movies we've talked about by a lot. It's interesting. Uh, the acting is pretty decent. Uh, Matt Damon is fantastic. And really, it, it just uh, – like, if it was four hours, I would have been fine. Like, the whole thing, you know, was really compelling. And that's really all you could ask for in a movie. Like, it's two and a half hours, and there's not a boring second in the whole movie. 
Yeah, look, the one issue I have with movies like The Martian is that the plot is so complicated that if you're not like a scientific expert in that field where you can actually follow all the details, you're going to hurt your head trying to. And so what I sort of do is I just stop thinking and I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this on a superficial level. And my wife and my wife is watching with me and it, well, she's like, wait a second, there's a rocket on the other side of the, like, what, where did that rocket come from? And I'm like, I don't know. Who cares? Let's just enjoy it. Yeah, and, I agree. So I don't. I I can't really get too bogged down in the details. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, but if we knew Tyson. if we knew the science stuff, we'd probably hate the movie because I'm sure we'd. we'd well, so that's the it. question. So how good? Like that's what I was going to say. Like I wonder, did Neil deGrasse Tyson type a bunch of angry tweets about this movie, or you know? Yeah. So that's know. my question there. I don't know the answer to that. All right. So what's your number um, two? My next movie on the list is Creed, which you also said you haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't such a big fan of them. I like, you know, I thought they were always a Pearl Jam knockoff. I don't I like. It's crazy they made a documentary about Scott Stapp, but whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. I had never, you know, I grew up without a TV, basically. So I never really saw TV growing up. And without I never really a TV. Movies. Listen well, to this bragger. Before, haven't I? We had one TV in our basement in, yeah. without cable behind lock and key. So Is that why you watch so much could... TV now? You're making up for lost time. <laughs> yeah. So it's like most um, people would go up and they'd like be with all these women and do drugs. So... But that's what you were doing <laughs> when you were like 13 because you didn't have a television. So now you're switching. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, the, the, in my house, women and drugs were totally permissible. Just no TV allowed. No TV. Um, yeah. My dad would say, like, did I catch you watching TV? Go upstairs and do some cocaine right now. But I'm just doing it to keep warm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so when I uh, um, <laughs> actually so I am um, my wife's senior year of college, I moved uh, to Ann Arbor where she went to college to be with her. And I lived across the street in a tiny apartment and so when she had spring break and i had a job so when she had spring break she went to to like mexico with her roommates and i couldn't go because i actually had a job so i'm sitting all by myself in march and rainy freezing cold ann arbor michigan with nothing to do so i moved into her house because it was more spacious than mine and she had a tv which i didn't have and she had cable which i didn't have well, you still so have I no had... tv it's year <laughs> after college you have no tv yeah, so I had never seen any of the Rockies, and they were all on Comcast on Demand that week. So I like watched like all five in a row in her room, mm-hmm. uh, or four in a row in, at the time. And so that's when I saw all the Rockies. So I didn't like grow up with the Rockies. Were you a Rocky guy? I liked them. They were always on WPIX. So I, you know, they were all they were always on. So you like couldn't not see each one a couple times. But I was never a crazy Rocky fan. But I've seen them all, yeah. and I like them. So, so the thing about the Rockies. Okay, so the other thing you have to know is like I'm I'm a big wimp. Um, like I cried, I cried in the I cried in every movie. So I was bawling for like the whole last scene in in, in Creed. Even though like you mm-hmm. know exactly what's going to happen. There's zero twists in this plot of Creed. You know, um, but um. I will say this. The biggest plot twist of the movie, the most unrealistic thing in the movie, is the fact – and you haven't seen it yet, right? That Michael B. Jordan is like 5'6 in real life. No, I'm going to ruin this for you. But um, there's a scene in the movie where Michael B. Jordan's mom, which is Creed's uh, ex-wife, Apollo Creed's ex-wife, mm-hmm. who like hates re- hates boxing because of what it did to her husband and hates sports. She happens to be sitting in her house watching PTI in the middle of the day. Um, and that's how she finds it. Yeah. So, so she hates sports, but she maybe she loves Wilbon and Kornheiser. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, because like they they show like, and also it's one of those things. It's like a stupid plot device in a movie where every TV they show in America is showing the same thing. Yeah, and and it's PTI because PTI is rating. They have like thirty million people watching yeah, it it's every like day. The Walking Dead times too. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I if she was watching, you know, first take, I could understand why she hated sports. <laughs> anyway, my number yeah. two uh, is is a movie I don't even know if you've seen. Oh wait, hold on. So I was just gonna say about Creed. So it's it's, it's oh well yeah, that done. was really it's interesting. Exact, Keep going. It's exactly yeah. what you think it's gonna be. All right, shut up. Okay, fine. Move on. <laughs> uh, number two for me is Brooklyn. I loved it. I thought it was gonna be really boring, and I would shut it off in the middle. But it was a great movie. You really cared about the characters. You really got to know the main character. Well, they did a great job of sort of explaining this like journey that everyone's grandparents or great great grandparents have taken of like going to the new country and back in the day and uh, the main actor. But, but it isn't that far back in the day. It's 1952, not 1912. Which okay, is what you would sort of assume. Fair enough. Fair enough. But they, you know, they no, that's not a criticism. It... That's just an. It's an interesting wrinkle that they did it in 1952 as opposed to 1912. Yeah, but it's then like you could understand the language while you know and still being realistic, and the clothing isn't absurd, and like people aren't pooping yeah. in buckets then. So it's <laughs> it's worth doing. Uh, my it. favorite part of the movie is the fact that the guy who played Bugsy Siegel in Boardwalk Empire, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, he plays one of Tony's brothers in the movie. Did you notice that? No, I, I didn't. Here's my issue with Brooklyn. Uh, every single character, black and white. Mrs. Kelly is like pure evil, like she's worse than Adolf Hitler. Uh, Tony is like pure good, like he's better than like Jesus. I mean, Tony is like flawless, you know? Right. Like, I mean, we're going to spoil this movie, right? Because we've both seen it. Sure. Um, how pissed off should Tony should be when she comes back? She ignored him. She didn't write him a letter for six weeks. She fooled around and almost got engaged to some other guy, you know? 
but he's like such a pure heart of gold doesn't care in the slightest and meanwhile that miss kelly is like so comically well she's like i'm gonna ruin your life for no reason for no reason but listen that was what that was what yentas did back in the day they ruined people's lives for no reason yeah and and today as well and what's your number one um okay so and again again it's not in my number one but uh, we'll say it's in alphabetical order which would make this uh the top list it's a number uh 99 homes oh no we have the same number one (laughs) really and it's such an off the beat number one that's insane yeah keep going (laughs) Yeah, so here's my question about 99 Homes. So I was trying to convince our, our, our mutual friend, Amir, who's a, a prolific uh, email writer for those yeah. who listen to the Seinfeld podcast. Amir tracks every single movie he ever watches and then sends an email at the end of the year saying, here's all the 70 movies I watched from 2015 rated from 1 to 75. Yeah. And 99 Homes wasn't even on the list. Yeah, so I, so I, it I emailed it to him to watch it also. Did he watch it? Uh, well, he said he hadn't watched it yet. And he's like, I don't understand why... And I said to him, I said, I don't understand why it went under under the radar. And he said to me, well, it must not be very good. And I said, well, look, it has like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the critics who saw it like it. It's just that it didn't get attention for whatever reason. I think it got swallowed up by the big short, uh, which is a far uh, inferior movie. Yeah. So for people who don't know what Nine and Homes is, you know that one scene in the big short where Steve Carell goes down to Florida to sort of check it out and see what the subprime mortgage situation is there? So this is an entire movie based on that one scene, except instead of being sort of a silly farce, it's very deeply emotional and traumatic. It's definitely a movie that you will need your tissues for. Uh, very powerful. Michael Shannon is always great in everything he does. Uh, when when I, when you see Andrew Garfield, the first scene in the movie, he's Jewish, you're like, yeah, he's Racer. the Jewiest Jew in the world, which is my issue because I, I you see you him, man, you should meet playing, my wife's uncle. There's some really Jewy Jews you, out there. You, you see him playing a redneck, and to me, it was so like comically like like unbelievable. I'm like, well, this is a very terrible casting because Andrew Garfield is like a elitist Jew. How's he going to play like a a lower middle class, you know, Florida redneck? Uh-huh. But he actually does a good job as well. Uh, the kid does a great job. You yeah. know, his just, his name it's, it's, used to be Garfinkel, so I'll give you it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So it's it's a really well done movie. I thought I would say this, but you're gonna make fun of me and claim that I'm trying to brag. But I went to see Everest in 3D at, at IMAX theater last summer, and just by chance, the rest of the theater was closed down because they were actually having the New York premiere of 99 Homes. So I got to see uh, Michael Shannon there, uh, who is extremely. Wait, tall you and told thin me you saw the premiere there. No, I said I, I said I saw the premiere like occurring. I didn't see oh, the movie. Oh, yeah. You left that horrible detail no, out. No, like, no, I didn't leave that horrible detail. You saw the premiere the, occurring. No, no, hold on. No, okay, Akiva, you don't listen to me at all because at the end of last week's First of all, podcast, it, this was on I, Gchat. This wasn't yeah, listening. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm, I'm yes, going to call up. You, you talk no, no, about no. it. Akiva, you're, okay. At the end of last week's podcast, you, I said to you, tell me one movie to see that's not on my list. And you said, see 99 Homes. And I said, oh, is that like a documentary or something like that? And you said, no, it's not a documentary. Then I IM'd you a couple days later and said, oh, by the way, how would I even think that's a documentary? How stupid am I? I should have known that's a movie because I was actually at the theater where the premiere was happening. Wait, here's the first Obviously, conversation I, we had. Yeah. And I, this I, is in reference G-Chat to the is, fact that G-Chat I – is very like wonky. Like it's, it, you don't appear to be replying to anything I said. But it's – this is Alexander Chester. It's funny. I think I told you this, but I was at the premiere of 99 Homes. Yes. What am I supposed to say that you meant? You were there at the premiere? Yeah. By the way, I was at Game 7 of the World Series. I was in the parking lot. Akiva, the the context of that G-chat, the previous line is, why did I say it's funny? Why is it funny? Because we just recorded a podcast in which I said to you, I've never heard of 99 Homes. I think it's a documentary. So the reason it's funny is because I should have known because I even saw what – You were at the premiere. You were at the premiere. (laughs) So you think I'm so stupid that I would actually have seen? No, a movie no, 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 no! I'm then... not saying you're stupid. I'm calling you a liar. But that's no. But the point is, you're the you're the stupid one. I am calling you stupid because I said on a podcast you were at the premiere. I've never heard. Of... Hold on, Akiva. I said on a podcast, "quote I've never heard." And everybody should go listen to the last this, minute of last week's podcast again. Two different uh, in the two la- different chats. <laughs> Akiva, in the last minute of last week's podcast, I said to you, and I quote, "I've never heard of Ninety Nine Homes. Is it a documentary?" Five minutes later, our podcast is over, and I remember, oh, I know what Nine in Homes is, and so I, I am you. It's funny, meaning it's funny I that I just said to you on premiere. the podcast. I saw yeah. the movie. No. <laughs> I said it's see the movie. That's obvious because I had just told you I never even heard of the movie. <laughs> By the way, I really want to edit this whole thing out. No, keep it in. Keep it in. Obviously, you have to get away. All right. Enough of this fight. Uh, okay, but just tell me, what was the worst movie you saw this year? Warning. Hot take approaching. Uh, without question, the worst movie I saw was uh, Mad Max: Fury Road. I don't know why it's people's number one movie of the year. Ooh, hot, that's that's a scorching. It's literally, literally garbage. By the way, I think on Amir's list it was near the bottom too. But the worst movie I saw this year, without question, 
Uh, I have no idea why people like it. They should reevaluate. Like, it was just them driving around for a while. I, I can't even imagine what they liked about it. Like, I, I saw Ted. I so saw Ted 2 this it. year. It was better than it was. Ted 2 was better. <laughs> uh, Everest, which was awful. It's funny that you said it's just them driving around. I saw Everest. It wasn't bad. Uh, but I saw IMAX 3D. The Joy with Jennifer Lawrence was better than Mad Max. And it was garbage. You see Drive a couple years ago with Ryan Gosling? No, no it's not my type. Horrible Bosses, I was last okay. year. I'm so dr- so Drive is very... The interview s- was better. Yeah, Drive is very similar to me, having seen neither of them, to Mad Max, in the sense that both were like beloved by all the critics. People absolutely went nuts about both of them. Although, no, people nah, went- people were mixed on Drive. I think everyone likes Mad no. Max. Mad Max probably has the highest IMDb score of any movie this year. Yeah, I, I mean, Drive Mad Max people went nuts, and people were, you know, now part of it, do you think part of it was motivated? I didn't even know it was based on some story. I feel like the nerds have totally taken over, and I don't know what we can do about it. Because anything they're into, I'm not into. Yeah, I was going to say, what world do you live in where you're not one of the nerds? <laughs> okay. Hold on. I'm not cool, but... I'm not in. I've never seen Star Wars. Well, but you can be a nerd I, and I don't mer- watch. You I don't can be a nerd I, in many I'm, different ways. Well, There's a different well, maybe ways I'm, to be a, a nerd. I'm a sports. I'm a sports nerd, maybe. Well, but may, I, I've maybe. never seen. <laughs> Possibly, I wonder yeah. about that one. <laughs> Listen, we get better raps, the sports guys, than the, the, the like the Star Wars guys. Yeah. Um. I think I. I don't watch comic book movies. I don't really watch a lot of action movies. But everything's being made for the nerds, and I don't know. The jocks like oh, us. No, I know everything. No, everything's made being made for the Chinese market is what everything's being made for. Really. That's true. By yeah. the way, that's why. And I didn't. It maybe it was like this in the book, but in the Martian, they have like this really like the Chinese are the heroes of the movie, which is yeah. great for them because they could just sell it in China and have a billion people. You think that was why they put it. that whole that whole piece well, in? See, I thought, but then I realized it's based on the Andy Weir oh. novel, so Cause, I, I cause, could very easily check and see. That was another question my wife said to me. She's like, wait, why do they need the Chinese here again? And again, my answer was, I have no idea. Right. So, <laughs> right. And that's the type of thing. So maybe he put it in, but it's the type of thing they would have taken out because it would have cut 20 minutes out of the movie, yeah. except for the fact that you can't cut it out. So it used to be like Russia was the bad guys, then like China, but now I think China's back to being the good guys, and like North Korea or unnamed, you know, Middle East countries will end up being the bad guys in movies now. Yeah, whoever see, whoever's worth no money to them. Is did the you bad see Straight Outta Compton yet or no? No, it's on my list with uh, with uh, Steve Jobs and yeah. Uh, Look, my Reed issue with, my issue with Straight Outta Compton is that it's you know whenever I watch a movie that's based on a true story, what's important to me is how accurate it is. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's it's hard to trust the objectivity of a biopic when it's produced by the subjects. And that's sure. the and so straight out of Compton, obviously it makes it's like the Jalen it's like, like the Fab Five movie and Jalen Rhodes making the Fab Fab movie, so it's yeah, only exactly. so good. It can only be so good. Exactly, and so they made, um, you know, so in, in that sense, the movie kind of annoys me because you know it makes them look so good. For example, and this this was very controversial at the time, the fact that it totally slides over Dr. Dre having beaten the crap out of that that female rapper and that rapper journalist, um, and basically anything bad that the guys did sort of gets glossed over. Uh, but the movie's very good. As I think I said on last week's podcast, the guy who played Easy E, I thought should have been nominated for supporting actor. He did a fantastic job. Um, uh, what about Trumbo? Did you see Trumbo? No, it's, I'm probably not even going to see it. Uh, it just the ceiling is too low. I try and only see movies that I think might be great. Uh, the movies that just missed my top ten were The Revenant and The Big Short, which are both very good. And I guess you know another year would have made the top ten. But now that I say it, I do think this was a weaker year than I initially let on. But yeah, sure. me, Earl, me and Earl and Dying Girl, I thought would be awesome coming going in, wasn't. Um, uh, I saw a couple of documentaries that I thought would be amazing and kind of weren't. Welcome to Leith, which is about like uh, like the biggest white supremacist in the United States, tries to buy up all the land of a of a small town in North Dakota, uh, and they really just didn't have enough good footage. Like it's a, it's a cool premise, but there wasn't enough meat in the movie. The movie Twinsters, which is uh, like a short documentary about not short short, but like not much more than an hour about. Uh, Two identical two twins who were separated at birth. One, I think, is in South Korea and one is in uh, L.A. And they sort of uh, meet on camera for the first time. And uh, that's cool. But uh, a pretty good year for movies. But uh, that's my. Yeah, I would I would I would watch Trumbo if I were you. I really enjoyed it. So first of all, it's right up. It's right up my alley because, again, my favorite my favorite things to read, frankly, is historical fiction. And so. I really I, I like the movie. I just had a lot of issues with it. First of all, as I said before, it's my 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 concern was how accurate is it? I try to do a lot of research to find out about Tr- about Trumbo because you know you know the basic storyline, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Walter White is back. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, do you know who Trumbo? Do you know who Trumbo is? Like, yeah, he guy? he outed all the communists, or he was one of the outed communists. Yeah, but yeah, but he was also. I mean, he's one of the best screenwriters of all time. Really, I mean, the number uh, he wrote Exodus, he wrote Spartacus, he wrote Roman Holiday, he wrote a zillion other really famous movies, and he was a very good screenwriter. But in the movie, as you know, as they're going to tend to do, they sort of whitewash it and they make him sort of purely good. Whereas in reality, he was a communist, which he doesn't deny in the movie. But in the movie, being a communist is sort of treated rather benignly. And Mm -hmm. although historically we know that the House on American uh, Activities Committee were the bad guys and McCarthy were bad guys, it is also true – you know, two things can be true. It is also true that communists were evil and that some of the communists in Hollywood were probably nefarious, whether intentionally or unintentionally so. Whereas in the movie, they're all purely good in every single way. Listen, we all watch The Americans. We know all about this. Yeah, but but I'm saying – but so they sort of gloss over – um, so that, you know, and, and then and again, my issue with the movie is that, like I said about a lot of movies, is the characters are either purely good or purely evil. Uh, Helen Mirren plays a character in the movie who is insanely evil. I mean, she drops the word kike left and right every time she's talking about Jews. I mean, they make mm. her as bad. What did she do that's bad, though? <laughs> yeah, so they make her as bad as can be. And again, the real life character she was based on yeah. was, seemed to have been kind of a bitch, but I don't know if she was as bad as they make her out to be. Okay. But there was a lot of weird casting decisions in that movie. First of all, Louis C.K. is in the movie, and he kind of ruins the movie to me. Um, I love Louis C.K. What, does he start doing his act in the middle of the movie? Because that would be weird. <laughs> no, he started doing it like uh, his kids to do, being on their iPhones in the, the middle problem, of the movie. The problem is that Louis C.K. can't act. And like the whole time he's in a movie, you're wondering, like, what the hell is Louis C.K. doing in a good period piece? Was, you know, did you see American Hustle? Uh, yes, I did. So he wasn't good in that, but he was much worse in this. I didn't even remember that he was in American Hustle. Who well, he, 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 got, he gets punched in the face, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is good because he deserves it because he's uh, – I mean, so he – but the problem is his character is like more significant here. And the dumbest part is that his character is, is not even a real person. So they insert this huge made-up character. Maybe he serves as a composite. I don't know. But he didn't even exist in real life. It's played by Louis C.K., really, really poorly done. Also, Edward G. Robinson, you know, like you know, a famous old-time Hollywood actor uh, and a great actor. He's He was, you know, a very fat – old jolly guy in this movie he's played by michael stolberg who i love because he played arnold rothstein in uh, boardwalk actually i love him in a lot of things michael stolberg is a great actor but he's not nearly mm-hmm. fat enough or old enough to be playing edward g robinson so i don't yeah. understand why he's why he's there um but dan bacadal he's fantastic in this movie right, you just named five people no one's ever heard of oh first of all michael stolberg's a guy if you google him you're like oh yeah that guy he's a guy everybody you know who he is right no i'm not good with faces Google him. You'll recognize him. Like He's in a lot of stuff. And you know who Dan Bacadol is. I don't even want that in my Google history. That could be the worst <laughs> thing in my Google history. Dan Bacadol and Michael you, Stolberg. You, you, definitely, okay. da- you know Dan Bacadol. He was on like The Daily Show. He basically – he always no. plays like a scumbag douchebag. Um, everybody basically no. in this movie had to gain 50 pounds to be in the movie. It seems like that was the rule in this movie. Is that the um, it's like yeah. it's like when Mac gained fifty pounds and it's always sunny. Yeah, but there's so many. Oh, another ridiculous casting decision is the kids. There, he has like Trumbo his kids, and then he goes to jail for eleven months. And when he comes back, they have new actors playing his kids. His kids grew like five years, aged five years in eleven months, which is sort of like a reverse of like um, Game of Thrones, where the kids never age. Um, but basically, you're, if you're if you're going to see this movie, you're going to see it because Cranston. Cranston is unbelievable, but he always is so. Um, and if, sure, maybe that's a good segue to talk about uh, the actual awards because he's nominated for best actor. Oh, one more rant about the casting. The guy who plays Kirk Douglas in the movie, like Kirk Douglas was like, did you ever see Spartacus? Uh, I've almost heard of it. Okay. Well, you should see Spartacus because yeah, you've seen Gladiator, obviously, I assume, right? Sure. And, and I yeah. assume you love Gladiator, right? Uh, yeah, it was fine. It was good. All right, Spartacus is. A, I mean, Spartacus is a really good movie, and Kirk. And also, is, it like, is that like the sequel to Gladiator? It, well, it's, it's a similar movie of a different era, but you know, I mean, it, it's nineteen. It was made in nineteen sixty, so it has like the old time Hollywood feel. But Spartacus, but it's, is, so it's like a prequel to Hollywood, to exactly, Gladiator, yeah. basically. But okay. it's really good. But anyways, but the point is, Kirk Douglas is a huge, imposing, physically muscular guy, and he's played sure. by this little shrimpy guy in Trumbo, who his face looks like him, but his body. It's sort of like when Matt Damon played that South African rugby guy in that South African rugby movie that no one saw except you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so Trumbo had a lot of bad casting decisions. So whoever the, the casting director was, uh, bad job by him. That, wow, that's a really specific take. Anyway, let's quickly do uh, Oscar picks. Okay. All right. So best picture. I'm looking at the list here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, if we're going to make a pick, I'll pick The Revenant because I think that's what everybody's picking because uh, Leo gets raped by a bear. Yeah. Uh, you didn't see The Revenant, did you? No, I don't need to see a bear getting raped. Okay. Oh, do you think the bear gets raped? <laughs> <laughs> that's why Leo's nominated, right? Because he, he like overcomes the bear. 
<laughs> and instead of killing it, he turns the tables on the bear. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this is where I, I have to I have to complain. So you made a joke a couple of months ago on the podcast where you mentioned I'm going to deny this and no one no one's going to remember. So, so, some yeah. some guy offered you a hundred dollar bet that Trump would become president. And you said, I'm going to make the bet because Trump's not going to be president. And I'm going to win a hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. If, let's talk politics. Yeah. Good and, it, yeah. and you said and if Trump did become president, then money would have no value. And so $100 no value. Would, yeah. No value. So you made that joke on the podcast. And then I see you tweet out that joke this week. Well, what do you see? I thought I, I thought I I uh, had just made it to people like in person. I didn't realize I tweeted. I'm, what? It's not like I have so much material that I can't tweet a joke once. No, no, you I'm not can't, like no. I'm not like you Jay Johnson re- high five who tweets the same five jokes all day. No, you you day. can't you can't recycle your jokes once <laughs> it's on the podcast. You can't go tweet it the same way that like I made my stupid joke what about if, how. What if no one listened to this podcast? I mean, people do. Yeah. Let's just say if no one listened to this podcast, am I allowed to do that? No, that's I'm not, I, not fine. I'm not going to give you my best material. I, I made I tweeted. made my bad joke about how the revenant should be NC 17 for no Cubs under 17, right? Because of all the bear sex in the movie. I'm okay, not going yeah. to go. I'm not going to go and tweet that joke now because it's my because they would get no retweets and no faves. <laughs> did your uh, Trump? Did your Trump tweet get any faves? It probably got a bunch of uh, neo-Nazi Trump supporters mad at you, right? They really don't like it when Jews say anything critical about uh, old I, Trump you know, luckily I don't have the Twitter juice. Plus, I didn't at him, so I didn't get any. Oh, yeah, uh, I didn't get a single sort of bad one. But if, yeah, if I was bigger on Twitter and had added him, yes, I would have gotten a lot of. Yeah, right now the worst thing and... the, the worst thing to do on Twitter is to be a Jew who says anything critical of Donald Trump. Yes, yeah, his supporters, his I'll say his most ardent supporters. Uh, a lot of them tend to be uh, yeah, haters. Maybe not in real life, but on Twitter, his supporters are all yeah. Nazis for some reason. Yeah, I'm sure like the pro- in real life, they're probably like awesome people, but they're well, Twitter no. Nazis. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> but but they're literal Twitter Nazis. Like they're actually like white pride in their Twitter. Handles. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm going like, to they will not even vote for a Republican if he doesn't win because they're like so enamored with him. That- um, well, I think I don't think those are big voters usually, honestly. Um, all right. So what? Who? Are you I mean, picking? that's like a great. They probably all like want to avoid, you know, being like at a place on a certain time when people know they're coming. Yeah. So what are you picking for best picture? I will go with Spotlight. All right. Which I don't um, think actually has a chance, but I'm just. Oh, it doesn't have a chance. Oh, OK. Because, yeah, I mean, I, maybe it's I, like third. I think I think Big Short is probably also ahead of it with The Revenant, which is the favorite. All right. Let's go. Let's go rapid fire. Big best director. All right. So director, uh, you know, I think these things tend to be I'm going to like put all my money in one basket because I think it's not t- isn't tend to be like the same guy wins everything. So I'll go with that. Uh, it used to be. But now it's mixed up a lot. Inuritu from yeah. The Revenant. Yeah, I'll go with Inuritu. Are you do you not have a list because you just said what's his face? Then I assume you know to read. Well, I had I had the list, but I, I don't know. I was looking at another computer. Let me go back to my list. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep try and keep like your eyes on at least one computer. Uh, Adam McKay directed the Big Short, and it would be cool if the guy who directed Anchorman and was robbed for that yeah. one. <laughs> you know, one for the Big Short. But I'm going to agree uh, and go with uh, with uh, Inurito. Uh, best actor: Cranston, Damon, DiCaprio, Fassbender, and Redman. So isn't this the one where DiCaprio is literally like one to a hundred? Like there's yeah. no chance. All right. So yeah, running? we both have DiCaprio. Yeah. He's yeah. For so, sure yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't like Eddie Redmayne. Um, not that I've seen him in anything, but I just don't like him. Just putting that out there. I have no opinion on him. I think maybe I saw – what was he in last year? I think I saw that one. He was in the movie where he plays so – The uh, Math? Was there math in that movie? Was yeah. Like <laughs> was, he plays Stephen Hawking. So, yeah, there was some math. What was it called? The Theory of Everything? No, I didn't see that one. I saw the yeah. other one with the math. What was the other British movie with the war and the math last year? Oh, that was the one where the, the codes uh, – Yeah, the codes. The secret yeah. code. I forget. Something like that. Didn't see that either. I didn't see any movies last year. Coders. I think it was called Coders. I don't think so, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Best actress? IT guys. Hold on. I want to find the name of that movie. See, he's, bro, na- he's, ma- he's Harry- ma- married to Hannah Bagshaw. That's a great name. So British. So wait. Here's, here's – no, I got to click on the theory of everything. See, like, cl- then I'm on Wikipedia. Then click on, like, the Oscar from last year. Oh, my God. You could have done this in one step. Uh-uh. I I don't know one person was in the movie. What am I going to Google? What's the name of the movie from the thing with last year? Y- yeah, the Imitation Game. Benedict Cumberbatch, best actress. Okay, best 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 actress. Um, I'm going to go with Brie Larson. Yeah, Brie Larson was was pretty good. I mean, Kate Winslet was in like a movie that supposedly wasn't so good. Carol Blanchett. I didn't see Carol. Not interested. I don't know how to pronounce her first name, but Shores Ronan or Sh- Sh- how do you pronounce that first name? I don't know. She's either. Cersei. I think it's Cersei. Yeah, no Cersei. idea. Yes, yeah, Cersei no Ronan. Uh, she was really good. I actually saw 45 years. That wasn't in my top 10, but it would be in my top 15 probably. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – and Lawrence was in a garbage movie that was that could have been great and was absolutely terrible. But she, people like her are automatically nominated every year now, which is stupid. She's like 25. Here's the thing. Like 
Yeah. She she already has so many nom- nominations and she's so young and they just automatically yeah. give it to her. So she's going to like blow Meryl Streep out of the water. She's going to end up with like 40 nominations in her career. Well, just, if she, you know, keeps up her looks and stuff because I think like Hollywood <laughs> spits out any actress that doesn't really, you know. Good, good. I, li- I like that voice you're doing. The side of your mouth voice works well on podcasts. Yeah, uh, I think that. Uh, yeah, but she is great. Uh, Wait, so who she you was good in the movie? It's just terrible. Who, who yeah, you picking for best actor? Oh, fine. All right, supporting actor Sly Stallone, the only person nominated in a movie that had any black people in it this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Mark Rylance. I haven't seen Brood of, Brood, Bridge of Spies. So I'm looking at the list and I'm like, who the hell is Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies? And I just googled it. I'm like, oh yeah, he's that guy. And I'm actually going to pick him because I thought he did a really good job. And um, it'd be stupid if Sly Stallone won. Tom Hardy. Well, he's like the f- like Sly Stallone is the only. I mean, I don't know Mark Rylance, but like. Hardy, Bale, and Ruffalo are like the three most unlikely, unlikable people in Hollywood. That's an amazing murder oh, really? of jerks. But doesn't, yeah. Hard, doesn't Hardy get nominated every year? I thought people love him. I don't know how many times he has, but he's like notoriously like mean to the press and stuff. Oh, well, Christian Bale is, but people still like him. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean, I'm saying. It's like three yeah. huge jerks. Although I don't know if Ruffalo has the jerk. Uh, you know, I think we may be starting it. But in general, I don't know if he's like been known. Yeah, Ruffalo's sort of the opposite. I think he's too earnest and annoying to me. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm going to go with Rylance. No, I'm going to go with uh, Sly Stallone here. I, th- I think he's considered the favorite, isn't he? So here's my question. Does the, you know, does Oscar so white, does that help or hurt Stallone? Because on the one hand, you could say that they're going to react and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, it was we did a bad job. Here's a movie that, you know, stars a black guy. Mm-hmm. We should try and give an award yeah. to somebody in the movie. Or is it well, we can't give a movie to the white guy in the black movie because that's just like ridiculously like transparent. Listen, I, the, you shouldn't see color as much as you apparently do. I don't know. Either way, you, the person who's best should win. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the, the, the Oscar voters. Yeah, I feel like you're projecting here. All right, let's go to Best Supporting yeah. Actress. Okay. Um, I really don't like Kate Winslet, by the way, so I hope she doesn't win. Why don't you like her? Oh, she's so annoying also. Also, okay. she, made, she made some comment about Jews and, like, I don't know. She, I'm no, out. You really Winslet. view things through, like, one prism. <laughs> the Chester <laughs> prism. Uh, Rooney Mara, obviously, the Giants and the Steelers, two teams I hate. Uh, those are her grandparents, so get out of here. Wait, is, is this from The Martian? Oh, no, that's Kate Mara. Yeah, whatever. But they're sisters, I think. And uh, I don't you know, I don't do anything with the Giants or the Steelers or the Patriots. or anything. Why was Rachel McAdams nominated for Spotlight? She was like, fine, but like nothing famous. I don't know. Nothing. I'm going to go. I think Jennifer Jason Lee. I have no idea who the favorite is. Hopefully it's not Kate Winslet because that Steve Jobs movie wasn't that good. I don't think. Who's Alicia Vikander? I never heard of her. I think she was the girl in the Swedish. Remember those Swedish uh, books that were insanely popular and now nobody remembers anymore? And I don't even know if they finished doing those movies, even though there was like the number one book for 10 years. Like the girl with the dragon yeah, yeah, tattoo? Yeah. So I think she was, yeah. the, I, I, I could be wrong, but I think she was the original one in that. And then ironically, Rooney Mara took over for her maybe in the American ones, or maybe her sister Kate Mara, one of them. I don't know. All right. So you're picking Jennifer Jason Lee here? Yeah, sure. Only, only, only woman in that movie. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not true. When they do the, the flashback to earlier in the day. Oh yeah, the flashback. Then we see we see Minnie and we see the hot uh, Australian girl who there's no explanation for what she's doing there. Uh, oh, that's she's not right the, in the she's room, not in that for, room. Yeah, yeah, she's not there yeah. for long. Um, and then there was the that's there's true. the there's the there's the fat one who gets. You wow, know, you really have like you're you're like a database <laughs> of who the ladies were in the in the movie. I don't know. Well, I just saw a movie like three hours ago. Remember. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, okay. yeah you, you know, she, yeah, she's the one, you know, she's like taking the and how come you have down to say from... like she's white, she's Australian, she's black. Like, she, can you just say people? Because I don't know any of their names. How else am I supposed to describe? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you said fat. Okay. Best original screenplay. Bridges Wait, I, I, didn't, I didn't, pick, oh I didn't pick an actress. Should I pick Lee also? Well, yeah, you know, but now we're going super rapid fire because nobody cares. All right. I'll pick uh, Kate Winslet just because I hate her. Okay. Original screenplay. I just did, you see, did you see Steve X- Jobs? No. Ex Machina. Oh, okay. Inside Out, Spotlight, Straight Outta Compton. I'm going to go with Spotlight here for sure. Wait, wait, which ca- I'm looking at Best Adapted Screenplay. What's the category? No, so go to Original. That's the other one with the screenplay word in it. <laughs> you got the Cone Brothers in uh, in Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Um, you got you got a million people. You know, Inside Out, like the Pixar movies are really written by like 100 people. Yeah, every year people are upset the Pixar movie doesn't get nominated for Best Picture. Instead, it's like sent down to the jv to the you know which is weird because i people like loved inside out my kids want to see it so i'm waiting to see it with my kids i feel like it would be weird so here's the thing so i I, isn't i think spotlight's the heavy favorite here isn't it from what i've heard but probably because it's like the only one of these movies that's even in the top five or six but but isn't this like the only movie that straight out of compton was nominated this is the only award straight out of compton was nominated for so i think like doesn't it have like an outside shot for like again as like hollywood tries to make up for the fact that it's super racist or is it super racist all right. and the, the all like the eighty five year old white voters are like, why would we vote yeah. for a hippity, a hippity hop movie? That's uh, probably what they would say. I don't know. You're really you're really bringing bringing politics into this. I I just like to talk movies there. 
on this podcast. I mean, I, I think has has anybody discussed anything about this year's Oscars other than like the the racial issue? That's the only thing people are talking. about. All so. people want to talk about is Carol. That's all. I, every yeah. conversation on the street is Carol. All right, fine. Um, so I think you, Tom McCarthy. Uh, I'll pick Spotlight. Tom McCarthy was uh, one of the main actors in season five of The Wire, and he wrote and directed Spotlight. Um, uh, adapted screenplay: oh, okay. Big Short, Brooklyn, Carol, Martian Room. So this is much bigger. This is like most of the best picture nominees. Uh, Adam McKay. Uh, I read The Big Short by Michael Lewis. Did you read that book? Yeah, good book. Uh, uh, it's the only book hmm. I read on this list. Well, I read Emma. I met. I read uh, Emma Donahue's uh, Room. Yeah. I didn't read Andy Weir's uh, The Martian. I never heard big, of Price Big Short's got, big short's got to win something, right? Yeah. So let's give The Big Short this one. At least I will. All right. It's a good thing that we're disagreeing so much. Uh, Anomalisa, Boy in the World. This is best animated film. Anomalisa, well, I, Boy in the I World, mean, Inside Out, Show on the Sheep, yeah, When Marnie Was There. It's obviously Inside Out, right? It's the only Inside one Out. Yeah. yeah. Next, best foreign language film. Uh, Son of Souls, a Holocaust movie, Embrace of the Serpent. Mustang is supposedly really good. I wanted to see it, but it's harder to find. You know, I get all the screeners from being in the podcast guild, but they don't necessarily send out the best foreign language films. I guess they figure podcasters are like <laughs> boors who don't, you know, watch movies with subtitles. Yeah. Uh, especially like uh, if you're podcasting about like old sitcoms or reality television or whatever, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to watch like a lot of subtitles. So it's, I, they don't send those out. Thebe, a Jordanian movie, A War, Denmark. Uh, that name probably is better in uh, Have you seen in, any of these? Danish. Have you heard of any of these? No, but I'm going to go with the, I feel like the Holocaust movie usually does well. So I'll go with Son of Saul. But Isn't I think cinemat- Mustang is the best movie. Cinematography. Isn't that another good big uh, category? I don't know. Could we, we'll get up to that in a minute. Best documentary. Uh, I, I love documentaries. I watch a bunch a year. Uh, they never nominate any of the top 20 documentaries in the Oscars. I have no idea how they pick them. But uh, Amy, Cartel Land, The Look of Silence, What Happened to Simone, and Winter on Fire. Amy I was a very not... good movie, by the way. I'll say that. Yeah, so... I've heard it's okay. Not not enough for me to want to watch it. Anyway, yeah, I assume Amy will win. They're like star bleepers, and they'll be inside. No, oh, we only we only have three categories that we disagreed on. So that are that's where our bet is. Our bet is going to come down to best picture, best supporting actor, and best supporting actress. You don't want <laughs> you don't want to do the rest. I thought you were such a big cinematography guy. <laughs> so I t- just tell me the movies that are nominated. I'll pick one. Okay, ca- but we'll both say it at the same time. So if we disagree, okay. 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 Ca- Carol, Hateful Eight, Mad Max, Revenant, and Sicario. Carol, Hateful Eight, Mad Max. All right, and tell me when you're ready. What and what I, is cinematography exactly? It's like background, background noise. It's background, background picture. Oh, like okay, the, tell me right, when you're fine. ready. We'll count to three and we'll say it. Okay, one, one, two, two three. three. Revenant. Revenant. Damn! Oh it. my god, you're so slow. <laughs> no, it wasn't I, a race. So now we got it. Now we got. I, I, I figured you you said it's background noises, and all I hate to say this, but the first thing in my head is like bear rape noises. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, you really have not seen this film at all. Um, but no, was the, that was the, that a good bear? No, it's not noise? background noises. It's like background pictures. So the Revenant, like they shot in the snow, and yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like I that'll that. win. Best song. What's amazing is like you could the best song would be go, like "Let It Go." Yeah, I right? think that was like last year's or a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, but it's never like one of the thousand best songs of the year. Yeah, people were really and, mad that like the, nothing from Straight Outta Compton was nominated here. Even oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that is dumb. But those are it has to be an original song. Were there original songs in that movie? Yeah, Isn't I think, it mostly. Um, that's I mean, they used know. it so like they have like Lady Gaga in, uh, in this and uh, and the James Bond theme, and it's just a stupid category. Are you watching vinyl? Changing the subject? No, I'm I, I'm not, and I hear it's not that great. What do you What do you think about it? Well, it's entertaining, but the thing about vinyl is you absolutely have to read the recaps like immediately after you watch it because I have no idea listening to any of the songs. Are these real songs and real real bands, or do they invent them? I mean, other than like if it's obvious, like if they mention the Who or something, um, and and like basically you need like hardcore like seventies rock nerds to like explain to you what the hell is going on in the, in the show. I just thought of that because you talked about is, is it a song that's made up or is it a real song? Because watching watching um, vinyl, I have no idea which songs are real and which songs are fake. All right. Um, this podcast has gone off the rails. Uh, nah, we, don't compliment yourself. It's good when a podcast goes off the rails. This is oh. this is firmly on the rails. It's just stuck in the mud or something. All right. Uh, anything else? I th- next week, we have a pretty big idea. The only problem is that you're coming to visit me for a week. So I don't know what we're going to do, like when we're going to record. Wait, what's the big idea? What's the big idea? Well, I don't want to ruin it in case, you know, I don't want to get everyone's hopes up and then All right, not, so, so tell me, tell me and I'll it. edit this out because you didn't tell me either. Wait, are you really not going to tell me? <laughs> You're, I don't get to know what we're doing on the podcast. I'll, I'll leave Wait, hold it when on. we got in a big fight about uh, what, yeah, what were we fighting you, about? Oh, you, uh, about I don't know, but you better leave Whether or not I saw 99 Homes. I still get, like, people still like say, like, I'm. what can you ever put up that fight? They're very annoyed that Chester took out the 25 minutes. I know, and I've told every one of those people who asks, I say, tell me your email address and I'll email you the file, and then they never respond. By the way, can people leave us a review if they've gotten this far? I should have said this at the beginning. 
I yeah, leave reviews to, on iTunes. That's true. We, we need, need more. We reviews. got some reviews at the beginning, but we really don't have any recently. Yeah. Um. All right. So we have a couple big ideas. Wait. What's scorching next week? hot takes? What are we doing for next week? Wait. Well, what's your plan for next week? Just tell me. I won't put it in the podcast. Oh, but fine. We have to leave the rest of this in. Where yeah. I'll leave, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I said we were gonna do. Well, the Republicans don't really have a living president to be that proud of, to be honest. Yeah, they are, they're could... all they're all in on Reagan. Yeah, they're in on Reagan. I guess they like George, the first George Bush, but you can't really. No, 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 no. Just... Republicans hate the first George Bush. First George Bush, Democrats like more now. It, they relative like to his son. That's true. They, but do they? Do you think there's been like a? You could put this back in, and they'll just not know why you're talking about this. But like, yeah. has there been a? Has there been a? Uh, whatever the opposite of a backlash is towards W now, is he more popular again? Yeah, well, whenever a president leaves, eventually becomes more popular. W because he started painting. It's like Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush quit, and everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, I kind of." People feel remember bad for him. W now as sort of like a little bit of a schlemiel. I'm like, "Oh, he paints. That's cute." And like people sort of forget like that he was actually a really bad president. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, I think, hopefully everybody still remembers he was a bad president. Carter, I feel like, gets less respect in a lot of ways, even then. As a post president, he's you know pissed off a lot of people. People like me, anyways. But you, you don't like you don't like when I make two things too uh, too much about my demographic. Well, your demographic is very specific. It's just you, <laughs> Juice? even your family. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, just you. Even your family is not interested in your demographic. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so, considering I'm getting on a plane in like two hours, we got to end this podcast so I can try and edit it and uh, post it in the next couple hours. Whatever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.